Hello, everyone. Uh, firstly, thanks for tuning to the video. Uh, before getting into today's topic for discussion, uh, we'd like to give a quick introduction about what we are prone to do as a company. If you are a B2C company or any consumer brand for that matter, it's extremely important for you to understand how your products are doing online and what your, consume, what your consumers or users are talking about your product in general across these different e-commerce channels, right? There could be many business questions that you want to get answers for on a, on a regular basis. And one common uh, need for all this is good quality data. I don't think so it'd be an exaggeration when I say that any business that takes decisions backed by data are always few steps ahead of their competition. We at PromCloud help companies to solve the data problem by automating their entire end-to-end data acquisition pipeline so that they can easily derive insights and make decisions backed by good quality data. Today, we'd like to discuss a topic which I believe is very important for any consumer brand. How can brands leverage DAS data as a service or web scraping to their competitive advantage? I have with me my colleagues Sukesh and Vivek in this spot today uh, to share their thoughts on this topic. By the way, both Vivek and Sukesh are kind of veterans at Prom Prompt Cloud. They've been in the company for more than six years. I've seen the company grow leaps and bounds and almost had a roller coaster ride along with it, I guess. I guess. Thanks for your time. Hi, Hi. Um, let's get started with the basics, I guess. First of all, uh, can you uh, please give a brief introduction about you, uh, your background, and uh, maybe your role in the company? Vivek, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so, uh, Vivek here. Uh, so, I joined from Cloud as one of the first uh, sales uh, people in the company. Uh, then I moved into multiple uh, roles and currently I'm handling uh, the product side of things uh, where we have a flavor of e-commerce will coming in the near future. Uh, so that's what I am and I've been around for about uh, six and a half, uh, close to seven years now. So Hi, I am Sukesh, Sukesh Chande. I currently head the sales team for PromCloud's custom crawling division. Uh, I have been with PromCloud for almost six years now, uh, close to six years. It has been a fantastic experience for me where I started as uh, a sales executive uh, handling outbound sales. And from there, along with Vivek, have seen this company grow from a relatively small 20 people startup to the organization that it is now with diversified products and teams. Yeah, also completely remote, I guess, now. <laughs> yes. so, um, so let me ask you this uh, you know, fundamental question. Um, especially in the last six, seven years, uh, we've, seen a, we've seen the growth of e-commerce uh, in, in a massive way, right? And any, any company that is consumer-focused has to have an online presence, uh, otherwise they're almost living like in, in a stone age. So I want to ask you this question, why is it important for a B2C brand to have a web data acquisition strategy? Sukesh, you want to go first? Sure, sure. That's actually an interesting question. Uh, to answer that, let me throw in a hypothetical situation here. So let's assume there's no such thing as internet or online shopping. Uh, I know it's pretty tough to imagine such a time, but at one point in time, it sure did exist, right? So if you were to say you wanted to buy a t-shirt or 
a suit or a blazer, anything of that sort, right? You would step out of your home, would go to your closest or a favorite shop. You would browse to a few options or have something tailored made for you before making a purchase. Pretty simple. You might visit one shop, so you might visit a couple of shops before making a purchase decision. So in this scenario, who would you think are the shop's competitors? Obviously, other stores in the nearby area or at an extreme level, other stores in the same city may not go beyond the same city, right? So in this scenario, it's not too tough to understand your competition, know who your competition is and get a feel of what exactly they are doing to attract more walk-ins into their stores. And maybe tackle that with some of your own strategies. Now to this scenario, let's introduce or you know, push in the era of internet and online shopping. And that's gonna bring in a lot of chaos into the mix. Online stores everywhere that are worldwide. So pretty much have a lot of competition from all the other similar online stores not just from that city, not just from that state, not just from some cases, not just from that country, but worldwide. So this data about your competition, this data about your customers, this data about what your customers are talking about, all of this is readily available out there, right? The internet is publicly accessible. I can open any browser and get all the information that I need or that I think I need. But it's almost nearly impossible to keep track of these competitors online, which may run into a few thousands worldwide. Even if let's say there are not thousand websites, but there are many marketplaces out there who might uh, consolidate all this information. And it's gonna be a tricky thing to uh, track all these competitors. And this is exactly where your web data acquisition strategy might come into picture. Everyone knows data is the new oil. And everyone knows where this data is. But the tricky question or the biggest question is, how do I get hold of this data? How do I get hold of this data in a format that I can use? And something that is also easy to use, not just something that I can use, but something that's easy to use. So this yeah. is where having a plan of action as to how you want to acquire this data, this whole web data acquisition strategy comes into play. Once you have this data, you can make sense out of this data, but how do you access this data? That is why it's absolutely important to think about having a strategy and a plan to get hold of this data, which you can then use to take, uh, you know, important decisions, strategic or operational, to see your organization succeed in the way that you planned. Yeah, got it. And I think, uh, I what... think, uh, uh, sorry, uh, you oh, had. No, uh, I just wanted to uh, touch upon a couple of things. I think uh, Sukesh had mentioned one. Uh, your web data acquisition strategy sits uh, somewhere uh, within your data strategy itself. So uh, I think that is the first place uh, where you should start. Uh, and I think there will be natural progression into uh, looking at the uh, web data, which is publicly available. Uh, but the core of it or the initial thought that most of our uh, customers tend to have is how can I make better decisions? So uh, where do we start there? Uh, start in terms of, uh, say, making better products or uh, uh, where in the supply chain are we uh, having issues? So once we start putting in uh, pieces related to making better decisions as a 
core uh, theme for your organization uh, i think rest of it follows uh, and other thing which uh, sukesh uh, mentioned which uh, seemed interesting is the uh, competition bit and how global the world has become and uh, after covid i think there is literally no business which is not online so uh, and uh, the way we define competition has uh, evolved uh, extremely uh, uh, by extreme proportions uh, by this time so uh, your competition uh, especially uh, say in modern retail for example your vehicle itself is your competitor as uh, there are private brands that are being uh, introduced by large retailers or online retailers yeah. uh, so looking at uh, specific trends on what those uh, companies are launching or what are the partnerships they are getting into those are critical information in terms of understanding where the market is headed towards so uh, if an amazon is getting into uh, say fashion category for men that definitely tells you something that uh, there is uh, some sort of an uptick that uh, amazon has seen and uh, your data would most likely back it uh, so understanding not just your market uh, uh, understanding uh, global trends in a way uh, so uh, some uh, private brand which is started in uh, say india could be the playbook for amazon or someone else to uh, do the same thing in a different or a different market like a us or a uk for example so that holistic nature of uh, the internet itself uh, is something which uh, all organizations should uh, should be aware of if not going at that scale uh, we all should be uh, aware and wary of uh, how different uh, things work together as a whole system got it i think this is one thing which sukesh mentioned uh, called online chaos i think we bring some kind of this is is it something called method to madness right we bring some kind of method to online chaos in terms of uh, in by getting the good quality data and in in kind of structured format so also another thing uh, another thing unrelated uh, and i want to ask suddenly with this inter- in the internet e-commerce era once uh, once with the e-commerce age that's been a kind of wave that's been you know, very very bashed in the last uh, five six seven years time in india at least there is a, there's a big brand which is already been established uh, for many many years and there is a small brand which might be coming in in, in say fashion or some other category suddenly the e-commerce has given the same plateau for both the brands right so you have the big brand that is competing that has to compete with uh, with, with the new one new new player in the market both are both are playing at the same same playground so that is a kind of huge huge advantage for the for the smaller guys at same time the older guys also keep up their pace to understand what uh, you know uh, that to understand to understand how can they cannot just sit on their laurels and say you know i i'm, I'm the big guy i can like do whatever and do do you concur with that oh uh, yes uh, and no uh, so uh, i think uh, for startups it's always not uh, it's always a case that you are uh, fighting against uh, someone much larger or uh, you are creating a 
niche for yourself so it's not always a level playing field i i would tend to uh, disagree but yes uh, e-commerce as a whole has uh, brought a channel for uh, people who otherwise would not have any access to uh, customers for that matter yeah. uh, so in that sense it's a leveler uh, but uh, not uh, in terms of say uh, leveling the uh, playing field as a whole it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of your uh, growth potential and how, how many customers you can reach out to. Uh, having said that, uh, if you look at, uh, say, the uh, Indian men's grooming uh, industry, so yeah. there are tons of new brands that has come up. I, I think uh, the whole personal care uh, sector, not just men's uh, category, uh, the whole sector has seen a lot of new players coming in uh, and a lot of new products being launched, which we did not have like two, three years back. Uh, so uh, things like uh, say beard oil, men's grooming products, I think at least I personally did not hear about it like five years ago. Uh, yeah, correct. It was not even available anyway. And we didn't even know there was a need for those things. <laughs> Uh, uh, so creating those categories, uh, some of the brands have done extremely well in terms of positioning themselves uh, in those segments. And some of them are even getting uh, acquired by larger players. So that's why I said it may not be a leveling, level playing field because uh, bigger players would always have bigger uh, resources. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. There is yeah. a lot they can do, but uh, we are also living in an age where that advantage cannot be taken for granted uh, so yes. it is probably a bigger challenge for those big players to stay relevant in the market rather than the smaller players to create their uh, presence in the market yeah 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 so i mean that leads me to the leads me to the next question staying relevant versus being present in the in this environment right so what do the brands needs to do in your opinion to stay relevant in this competitive environment, the B2C brands. So, okay, you want to go? So, you know, services like uh, Shopify, WooCommerce, or, uh, or both of these in conjunction with uh, WordPress, so on, have made it easy for someone to set up an online shop. It's yeah. well, not too difficult. Uh, you get a domain for, say, a dollar or two a month or uh, much cheaper if it's the first year and then you get shared hosting for about 20 30 dollars for the entire year and that entire setting up an online shop has become easy but i think like vivek mentioned it's not exactly a level playing field i'll take a simple example a very simple one of course it, you could see uh, many more complicated scenarios out there but on mintra there is a brand of clothing called two sock T-U-S-O-K, which okay. sells vacation clothing. Tusok also has an online presence. They have their own website. Mm. Now, let's say you're going to Goa or Maldives or Hawaii, anywhere. Right? You would, the first thought that comes to your mind is, let me check Mintra or let me check Amazon Fashion. You would not really directly go to let me check Tusok. Now, in terms of the visibility itself, for Tusok, it doesn't really matter who is selling uh, who, where the sale is coming from. But now think about someone who does not have the same online presence or is just building up that online presence. Right? So there are higher chances that someone from 
someone might visit mintra someone might visit uh, amazon fashion rather than this particular website which is where that uh, first present uh, the, you know you you you're the first company out there in the space uh, matters a lot so if you really want to stay ahead of the game ahead of the curve uh, be on top of the game and let's say be one of the top selling companies it's not just about setting up an online shop it's a first step of course to build uh, to building a successful business strategy but not the only thing that is required right you need to understand your competition you need to understand your customers it's not just a competition that you want to be aware about you need to be aware of what your customers are thinking either in the form of reviews that people talk about your particular products so about this shirt the material is good but the delivery took 10 days now that's a negative point so if you understand go a little a level deeper and try to understand why it's taking that long is there anything that uh, you can do so understanding your customer by analyzing not just the review content but also social media content these days mm-hmm. it's everyone's on twitter ranting or praising a particular product right? you know you, there are influencers everywhere start with twitter <laughs> <laughs> start with twitter yeah. yes exactly and then understanding your competition right? if you are selling hawaiian shirts or these floral goa beach type of shirts who else is selling those shirts are there specific categories what price is selling at at all of these data points that you can think about along with maybe some other meta information like who else is entering the market do i have new competition is amazon itself launching some new line of clothing within their uh, chain of brands or anything of that sort will that be a bigger problem for me will people trust them more than me there are many points to think about but all of this data is present online it's not something that you really have to dig more uh, really deep into and struggle to get hold of it it's all there online but the moment you start accessing this data the moment you start making sense out of this data is when you start working on and improvising your strategy to reach to the top and more importantly to stay there it is the scale that is uh, staggering uh, and uh, to add to your point uh, one way to look at it is uh, it's not just reviews of your product that matters right so uh, if you are in a particular segment uh, you can look at what people are talking about other brands your competitors what are uh, how are you competing against those brands and i'm not talking in terms of pricing or uh, your uh product related features but in terms of what customers are perceiving them to be uh, so good example that you give there uh, gave there uh, in terms of the uh, uh, say delivery uh, speed of delivery which is probably not in your control as a brand if you are partnering with uh, other players in the market but that is something which you can fix uh, if there is some issues with uh, see the packaging of your product people are going to talk about it uh, and it is easy for you to uh, start analyzing that uh, reviews data rather than uh, any other method that is available out there see even if you employ someone to call up all your customers and have a feedback collected that data also will soon be come quite uh, staggering to start making sense out of it uh, so that is also important 
and other way to look at it is there are a lot of brands which uh, started as uh, online uh, only brands and then moved to brick and mortar uh, so there is your example you give some of the examples uh, so lens card there is paper fry uh, so they are flooding the market these days yeah. a ton of them so and i am sure all of them would have had uh, strategies in place to understand the voice of the customer through the customer reviews and that is the most obvious place to start uh, and it kind of uh, hurts me to know that probably two percentage of companies or less than than would actually be doing this and making sense out of it oh, oh. Yeah. i mean when when you say 2% of the company i'm just just broad i don't have numbers to back i am guessing based on our conversation yeah yeah, yeah correct so uh, so that leads me to another another question right um, it's very important uh, it's very important data acquisition is something that uh, you know we all understand it's very important but how does th- there are two types of companies right one company which is who is very clear that they want to have this kind of data at their disposal and we have seen a lot of clients come to us saying you know very clear mind saying you know get me this data you know so automate this entire streamline process for me and leave that leave the rest to me and there are some companies who find this idea kind of exotic and very interesting and they understand the importance of doing this but they don't know how to go about it right so is it, is it uh, am, am i right in categorizing the companies in in this broad two categories and my follow up question to that is how do how do how should we go about it on on the second and first uh, you know kind of uh, companies when when we have their approaches i tend to agree uh, i would also say that there is a third category which is oblivious of all these things and uh, a set of companies who we might not see in the next 10 years uh, going forward yeah. uh but yes uh, so in, in terms of uh, the two uh, categories you mentioned one who knows exactly what they do uh, the uh, common factor in most of these cases are the uh, the ones who know what is to be done usually have a proper strategy in place in terms of what they are looking for what kind of data they require and they also have uh, it's not just strategy uh, strategy is always uh, coupled with uh, people process and technology so they are the ones who usually have these in place so if you have the right set of people the technology and uh, process it it is easier and i i would typically classify those uh, companies in that uh, bracket where they have figured out what they want and have set up teams and systems in place uh, the others uh, group may have a requirement and valid requirement and they are probably in the right uh, paths to uh, discover their strategy as well or set up uh, their strategy uh, and in a lot of cases it may not make sense for a brand to say invest in a data analyst for it, for that matter it's unlikely uh, that a company would say no to setting up uh, 
one would tend to imagine uh, that it's unlikely that someone would not want to invest in data scientist or data analyst and uh, such kind of roles and skills in-house. Uh, but there are obviously brands who do not want to go that route and probably uh, prefer having uh, a- another vendor or a partner who can come in and help uh, help out in terms of making sense out of the data or even collecting the data. So, and there is everything in between who wants to uh, say outsource the data collection part, but we'll do the analysis of, or we'll do the data collection. We want someone to build a dashboard uh, and all those flavors also come into picture. Uh, but that second group is mostly people who are in the early uh, stages and the best thing for them to do is to uh, probably start small, uh, small in the sense, whichever, source of data and kind of data that gives you the maximum returns. Uh, So if you are a, uh, say, a personal care brand, I think Amazon, analyzing Amazon data might be the place to start because that's where most of the market is already there. Uh, So understanding and finalizing what is your minimum uh, uh, viable product or minimum viable solution is probably the place to start. Uh, and as a data company, that's what we generally uh, tend to advise our customers in those situations as well. Sukesh, uh, I think you would have better examples for it. Uh, I think Vivek has uh, spoken about some points which we would have come across in most of our uh, conversations. Uh, but largely the way I see this, again, more or less in line with what Vivek said is uh, the dependence on the stage at which the company, or not necessarily the company, but the team which we are interacting with is in. So if it's someone who's more mature, someone who's more evolved, they would be more specific in terms of uh, the kind of data that they need or the kind of requirements that they have. Someone who's, uh, let's say, slightly early might need more guidance. But the common factor here remains that most of these, again, Mm -hmm. counting the people who we might not see in the next five to 10 years, uh, most of these know that data is the new oil. So there's a lot of information out there. There is a lot of actionable data right in front of you in the form of uh, you know, all that information that you see on websites. People want to make use of this. Some people know exactly what they want to do. Some people know what they want to do, but don't know how to approach that. Uh, that's where I think our role as experts in the field of web crawling might come into play where we get together, try to understand their use case, maybe nudge them in that direction and, uh, you know, give, give insights that way so that it can lead to a more insightful uh, discussion around how can they take action on this data? What yeah. kind of data is required to take the necessary action to go to the next level? So I, uh, sorry. I hate the saying uh, of data is a new oil. <laughs> it's prominence one day by day, uh, but data is data. Everyone wants to uh, yeah. be there. And uh, if you would allow me, Pavan, I'll do a shameless plug here. Uh, so for the second category of customers, uh, that's exactly where we are trying to uh, 
come up with our own solutions for the e-commerce uh, analysis and uh, analytics uh, platform, uh, which we are working hard on the uh, sidelines. Uh, so which you can probably uh, start seeing results in the uh, months to come. Great, great. So we're not only talking about that, we're talking about much more than that, which is to solve uh, the real business problems with on top of the data that we can build on it, which anyways, most of our clients are uh, taking advantage of, I guess, with the structured data that we're providing. So, I mean, uh, I guess we, we broadly divided the customer base into three, the ones who know, the ones who don't know, and the oblivion group, I guess. So, not one. <laughs> Once who are knowing or starting. So if if you know DAS as data as a service is something you know which we are specialized in, right? Um why do these companies need someone like us from cloud? Why can't they do it for themselves? So now the concept of data acquisition or to put it in technical terms, web crawling is not too difficult to grasp. Right. It's a simple act of getting information from the web in a format that you can use, sure. right? So structured data that you get from the web. Now, all of this information that we're talking about, you can open a Chrome browser, you can open a Firefox browser, or for people who like to use Edge or Internet Explorer, open Internet Explorer. Brave people. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, uh, and you get this data visible right in front of your screen. But when you talk about getting data, you're talking about a scale which a human or a bunch of people sitting together cannot achieve with the yeah. same level of accuracy that an automated machine or an automated script can achieve. Right. Now, which is the first step, which is where you actually need a program or a script to get you the data in a regular manner frequently so that you have something that you can make sense out of. So the first step is to move from a manual process to an automated process. Now, moving to the automated process, the initial part of the acquisition might be simple. You know where to point your code to, where to extract the information from. But there, that is where the simplicity ends for most websites. The websites want to be visible, websites want to be seen, so they generally are open and uh, happy to be accessed by some bots, like your Google bot or Bing bot or Yahoo bots, which improve their visibility across the world. But for a generic automated bot to be able to access this, it might face a lot of obstacles, right? The simplest obstacle that you can face is the captcha checks that you see. Yeah. Right. They could be OTPs in place. They could be access issues, there might be simple blocking issues put in place by the website admin. The, and there are many other angles to this, but even if all these were not there to achieve the scale that you would actually make sense out of from the data, which might be valid for your analysis to achieve that scale on a regular basis requires a level of expertise and experience in this field of web scraping. Yeah. You need to have, you need to think about the kind of servers that you need to maintain, but yeah. this is just, uh, or the kind of proxies that you need to subscribe to or any other services, but this is just in terms of the regular resources. We are discounting of it, not even talking about the human resource and the human intellect that is required to keep 
upkeep and maintain these servers on a regular basis so if we factor in all these it might lead to one of the two problems it might get very expensive which means you need to have multiple people looking into these uh, web crawlers and maintain this and at the same time subscribe to some premium or expensive proxies to be able to get hold of this data that's yeah. one angle to it the other angle is you might run into the problems where the data that you're extracting is not up to the mark which means the analysis that you're trying to perform is not based on some uh, valid data or is based on some incorrect data so yeah. to avoid all these problems companies like prompt cloud exists wherein we have built up the experience and expertise in this field of web scraping web crawling automated data acquisition over time we have been around for over 10 years now we've been around since about 2009 uh, 2010 and have been in this field so we've built up an expertise and experience in this area which is why it makes sense that of uh, someone who wants to look at large scale data acquisition they outsource it to companies like prompt cloud and make use of services like this so that the data acquisition continues to be a hassle free process and they can continue to make use of this data and put in efforts where it matters the most yeah correct yeah. there the one and no data is uh, kind of uh, <laughs> taking you no way uh, another uh, point i think uh, we should touch upon is that uh, uh, websites keep uh, so the scale of things as i was mentioning earlier so uh, this is a problem which uh, exponentially increases by complexity within no time so you might think that you can uh, say start an mvp with uh one data analyst one data scientist and uh, he's able to get all the required data in one go uh, nothing is stopping people from doing it and that is probably the right way to uh, approach that as well but the moment you start adding new data sources and uh, start uh, going breadthwise within uh, a same data source and uh, expand your scope the scope is not incrementally uh, getting added it is exponential growth so uh, it it changes the whole equation and uh, we have a lot of clients who have started on their own and uh, at one point it just doesn't make any sense to uh, add more resources to that particular uh, effort uh, whether it's in terms of people or uh, infrastructure cost uh it it is all possible there is nothing stopping in it I, there is hardly anything which is not possible it's a question of whether you want to actually do it is that what uh, your business is supposed to do so uh, that is the question that usually it boils down to uh and the scope and the kind of variabilities of, uh, that the web has to offer is what adds to the complexity correct makes sense i mean it's, it's almost like uh, and if somebody has to do it in house they have to uh, have a separate team doing that dedicated team doing that and it's a lot of this not uh, i i don't think any company we have spoken to has a team dedicated exactly. for uh, say data collection uh, so yeah. that is another uh, problem yeah correct, correct. makes sense um apart from this i mean if if i talk and since we are talking uh, from a consumer brand or a b2c brand perspective what are the common uh, 
use cases or problems that the brands face in in in, uh, in, in navigating through the e-commerce ocean, if I may call it that way. Um, and what is our role as a company uh, in to help clients achieve the online growth? This uh, question, I think we can talk about this for hours together. So yeah. I'll try to focus on maybe one or two aspects of this. But uh, to answer the first question, uh, there are multiple angles to this. Right? They can be possibly 50, 60 different angles. We can think about it. And uh, some parts of this may largely depend on how branched out or narrow a company's structure is. But typically, if you look at it, you would imagine that there are different divisions within an organization for, let's say, revenue management. There'll be a different division that looks into uh, the voice of customer, uh, and they could possibly be different division that looks into the category management. Now, for each of these divisions, uh, they might find different aspects of data acquisition appealing. For instance, if you take a look at the revenue management people, they want they might be interested in understanding what my competitors pricing similar products at. They might be interested in understanding what my products are priced at on different platforms. Yeah. The revenue management people might also be interested in ensuring that the products that they actually have in stock are shown in stock online, right? Understanding that these products are in line with their actual inventory. If not, then maybe take that issue up with the uh, online marketplace or anything of that sort. Similarly, if you think about the voice of customers, the data that data acquisition part can feed into their sentiment analysis uh, engines, right? They can take reviews data from various online portals. They can take tweets from Twitter based on certain hashtags and understand what people are talking about. It's a positive sentiment, whether it's a negative sentiment. Are people talking about delivery aspects? Are people talking about specific features of the product? Are people talking about uh, the online availability of the product? So are there, like I said, there are different angles that people want to talk about, but in the end, uh, each team by itself may be interested in different aspects of getting data from the web, but it will boil down to, if you have to lastly classify into different segments, it would either boil down to competitor analysis or brand monitoring or uh, voice of customer analysis, or even if we were to go slightly deeper and slightly specific, like you have search engine optimization for your website and the visibility across the web, organizations might be interested to understand what are the first set of products being uh, displayed when you search for specific keywords, understand yeah. your brand's penetration, brand's visibility when you search for keywords. So web crawling opens up a lot of use overall time that you spend in analyzing the data. Yeah. But like I said, again, multiple angles for you to think about and uh, work on. Vivek, anything else you want to add to that? No, I think you've covered most of it. Uh, so uh... since, uh, yeah, sorry, wait, I'll just try a follow-up question on that, I guess. No, I think you can go ahead. I think Sukesh has yeah. covered. Since uh, you know, since uh, you know, we understood, we understand. Uh, since we work completely on the custom crawling side, 
there are different businesses that comes with different kinds of use cases and the problems that uh, that they have in in real business environment right um though we can generalize these use cases like like sukesh mentioned into maybe five or six different scenarios i want to uh, i want you to give us give 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 us some examples on the impact that we made in some of our clients businesses what uh, what was the problems problem before and they came to us and what is the impact that that we managed to achieve we managed to give help our help our clients with with our data data strategies or crawling solutions i think uh, in the uh, consumer product goods category uh, we have had uh, clients who were looking for uh, price parity uh, maintaining price parity and understanding who the unauthorized sellers are or within the set of sellers are there uh, people who are undercutting below brand standard so monitoring keeping a tab on uh, your pricing parity is one thing which is a very common requirement that comes up uh, to give specific example of uh, making sense out of reviews there is one of our clients i think uh, i wouldn't take name uh, but one of their products uh, had this issue of uh, leakage their package had a leakage issue and it was through the reviews analysis that uh, they found out that uh, that was a problem with their product and they started introducing that squeezy bottle for uh, their sauce or some something like that uh, and that really had an impact in terms of their uh, sales numbers as well uh, so those are the kind of uh, use cases that typically come our way uh, in uh, but from the prompt cloud side of things it's the data that we give in terms of the quality of data and the timeliness of data etc so as i said earlier uh, wrong data is dangerous thing to work with so that might take you down rabbit holes where you should never have been yeah. uh, and no data is not taking you anywhere uh, so getting the right data at the right time is where i think we take a lot of pride in uh, yeah. what we yeah yeah so if you want to add on anything right right i think that's uh, very well said uh, cover to take the liberty of talking about a different use case that we worked with thing to throw a shed more light if one a uh, large mnc who primarily deals with fmcg products with us whose primary goal was to ensure that uh the this products that they sell online are one being sold by the uh, authorized sellers mm. right uh, on on various sites which they have a tie up with and two is to ensure that these products are actually available and ready to buy if their stock is uh, available in the warehouses and our client ended up using the data that we crawl and deliver to them to build up automations that can take up issues or you know raise support tickets with the online retailers to ensure that the stock availability is in line with their warehouse numbers also to be able to automatically track sellers who were not authorized to sell their products they've built up automations using this data and made that entire 
process of tracking and tagging and raising support tickets and resolving those a much more seamless and a much more simple process although it might have taken let's say a week or two to set up this process and might have involved some effort but after these first two weeks or three to four weeks this entire process has become extremely smooth extremely simple and seamless and has resulted in a much more better visible and uh, available to purchase products online great great i think those are some of the Just one more use case uh, this is yes. something uh, uh, a lot of my friends and family get uh, surprised when i say uh, say this uh, there are a lot of customers that we work with who want us to collect data from their own websites and it's mind blowing <laughs> that that is the situation that uh, that is the scenario that we live in because, that because it's their website right they can do it on their own right? have a structured way to look at their own data they have it on their website probably uh, someone from the web development team has access to that data someone from marketing has images someone from uh, revenue management has pricing data but there is no one common view of what they have on their own website and oh. uh, i think we have uh, definitely more than a few uh, customers for whom we collect data from their own website and give it back to them uh, oh. that is another that's that's i think that's a, that's a kind of uh, interesting funny uh, insight to end the pod i guess uh, thank you both for your time i want to end this pod with one quote uh, from one of uh, a person that i that i kind of look up to these days called naval naval ravikant so he says we live in an age of infinite leverage and the economic rewards for genuine intellectual curiosity have never been higher i think we can rephrase that safely saying that all the b2c brands and everyone all of us i guess are living in an age of infinite leverage that is the internet and e-commerce and the economic rewards has never been higher for someone who can who knows how to navigate the data and get the best out of the, the data that's available on the internet so with that being said i want to end the end the podcast and thanks sukesh vivek and thanks everyone for, uh, for patiently listening to us we'll see you again soon thank you thank you